Right, hello and welcome back to the Long Ball Football Podcast, a weekly podcast by two brothers about all things football. In Portugal, you're listening to myself, Albert, and as always, I am joined by my brother Barney. How are you doing, Barney? How's things? Yeah, very good, man. As we record, as you've just tweeted out a lovely sort of thread on Twitter about our, our year, because this is obviously our season roundup, roundup show, and yeah, you tweeted a lovely little thread, and it's made me yeah, realise like how, well, not only for just us, but also the season, it's been a, it's been a really fantastic season, man. And um, I just wanted to say, because I'm not sure many people know, but I just want to reiterate the fact that you do so much for this podcast in terms of the editing, the Twitter, everything like that. I feel like I really like, like, yeah, I really appreciate everything you do for this because you're right. This is, it's been great to hang out with you every week and it's been, yeah, it's been another lovely year of doing it. I do appreciate that. Although I should also, I don't want to give this impression that I do all the work because there are definitely weeks where I I, um, fall into the habit of just basically asking Barney questions and then not answering them myself. So, you know, there is a little bit of, (laughs) there is a little bit of backwards and forwards. We should say at the beginning that, of course, the season has ended and it's been, as you say, an amazing year. So I'm sure we'll be saying this quite a lot, not just on this episode, but on our next episode as well. We have to say a huge, huge thank you to everybody that's listened and supported us over this season. Our first series doing this, we thought was incredible and this one's been even better in terms of the engagement that we've gotten and the support that we've had from people so um uh we'll do proper thank yous maybe at the end of this show or maybe at the end of, of next week but yeah we'll have to say a, a big a big thank you as barney said this is our end of season roundup show so the plan for today an ambitious plan perhaps but we want to talk about every single Premier league club and we want to assess their season where they've done well where they've done not so well the best players the managers maybe what they can hope for next season. And we're going to touch on every single club. So if you look down in the description of this podcast, there will be timestamps indicating when we talk about every team. So if you only want to hear about your team, go ahead and jump uh, ahead to when we have that discussion. But there are a couple of things we need to do first, Barney. Uh, And before we do anything else, we do just have to touch on the dramatic events from the final day of the Premier League season as of course the relegation places were confirmed now going into the final day Tondela had the biggest chance of surviving they sat in 16th place they had a one-point advantage over Morarens BSAB were the most in trouble as they needed both teams to lose and they needed to be a Rupert to survive their slim hopes were dashed pretty quickly because Morarens raced into a 3-0 first time first half lead as Vizela went down to 10 men so they were done for pretty quickly but all the action happened in the second half as the afternoon continued to swing backwards and forwards in Tondela's favour uh, as they needed that win to survive and Boavista kept equalising the drama reached a peak about 80 minutes in Tondela scored to make it 2-1 it seemed like they'd done enough but it was an absolutely heartbreaking 86th minute equaliser from Boa Vista, which sent Tondela down in 17th place. It was incredible drama uh, and it lived up to everything we could have hoped for. Genuinely, Barney, I think that two hours on that Saturday was, was the highlight of the whole season for me. It was very, very um, dramatic, wasn't it? There was so much. It was just nice to have so much riding on it you know for all three of those teams it, it could it could have quite easily gone any way and I, I feel like you know it was slightly similar to last season wasn't it I was just thinking like how how such a to have so much drama last day there's not many leagues in Europe who can say they've had that yeah it really didn't let us down I mean I have to admit to the listeners that I was I was looking after my kids so I was asking <laughs> you to get the, the updates <laughs> Yeah, and boy, did some, <laughs> some of the text she sent me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was pretty overexcited. I, I kind of, I feel like I owe an apology to anybody that followed my little Twitter thread or uh, 
actually fuck that I don't apologize I'm not sorry I was way too excited I loved it it was so good man the drama was amazing and you know what credit to you Barney because we did our predictions at the end of last week what we thought would happen and you said that Mario ends would survive and I didn't so you know everyone knows I love Mario ends but on the last day I, I, I bottled it I didn't back them but you did and, and you were right to they completely sh- I know we're not going to talk too much about the games but I mean they just showed from the off really the way um, Paulinho closed down Fernandez and mm. and to get that red card, it yeah. might have been a soft red card for some people, you know. But Morens have had their fair share of bad luck this season, whatever. That moment, I think, just just showed me what what we were going to get from Morens because they have been fighting for a while now, and, and it, yeah. it, they've really really tried. And I know you tweeted a sort of tongue in cheek uh, <laughs> masterclass, but I have to say I do think the red card did change the game slightly. But the, the lineup he went with, I was impressed, and there was players in there who were going to fight for them, and they, and they really really did. Was it their biggest win of the season as well, Barney? Four, well, it was 4-1 in the end. I don't know if they've scored four goals in any other game this season, so they did it at the right time. I don't think it matters that Vizela went down to 10 men. I think there was only one team winning that game, whether there was 11 v 11 or 11 v 10. It was the perfect attitude at the perfect time. And, uh, you know, we've had a laugh and a joke at, at Sarpinto's expense. Maybe he's not the most tactically adept manager, but if there's any manager in this league that you want in charge of your club on the last day of the season when only a win will do, make it Sarpinto because you can guarantee that he is going to motivate that team to win that game better than any manager in the league. He might not outclass another manager. He might not out-tactic another manager, but, you know, that is his strength and fair play to him. They did it. Um, Tondela then, Barney, because I really did think that they would do enough, but I think this game kind of indicated why they got themselves in this mess in the first place. You know, not organised enough to see out the game, unable to beat uh, another, let's face it, fairly average team in this league when it really mattered. You know, quite simply, they were they, they just weren't good enough. It's a, it's an interesting case for me. I think it's been a running thing for me with Tondela. You, know, you mentioned the fact that they couldn't close out the game. The, the two centre-backs for them, um, Sanyan, the French uh, centre-back on loan from Real Sociedad, and um, Karezma on loan from Sporting, you know, Sanya scored in this game and Charisma assisted them. And they, that was obviously very important for them. But I think through times throughout the season, there has been a, a frailty at the back. And I, I touched on it earlier in the season, perhaps put down to players being on loan, being too young. They need someone, you know, to play with them, to sort of lead them, if, if you see what I mean. Unfortunately, I think that's what we sort of saw in this game. But you've also, you know, it's a, it's a the whole team defence, don't they? So you can't just put it all on them too. But... It's been a weak squad, hasn't it? It's been, and I think Albert. Do you know what I was? I think I wish I was touched on last week. It was something that I've. I feel I've completely overlooked. Really, the, the importance of Jean Murillo, who they sold yeah. in um, in yeah. January to. He went to Mexico, didn't he? And I think how the pace he brought to that team in terms of them getting getting forward up the pitch and how creative he was, and he wasn't like banging in tons of goals or getting loads of assists. But I think. To lose a a star player like him because he was the star in that team and uh, and I think that was that that's really cost him, hasn't it? Yeah, I totally agree. He was just a key attacking outlet that that they never replaced, um, and it wasn't a, a strong squad anyway. So you know that was never a good sign. Um, and lastly, Barney, I think we should have a conversation that we ha- probably haven't had all season. Maybe some people have been waiting for us to have all season because we should talk seriously about BSAT for once. Most people have realised by now we pretty much avoid talking about them. I don't think either of us are a fan of what that club stands for or who they are, but we have to treat every club fairly. And and I I want to state my position very clearly. I have the utmost respect for BSAD's players and every member of staff at that club. I think they're all professionals. 
trying to do their job. And I do not take any pleasure in those professionals being relegated because relegation is a very difficult thing to deal with, especially in a league where, let's face it, these guys are not being paid an awful lot and some of their careers might now be looking a little bit more difficult. Um, we've also made no secret of the fact that uh, we don't think that this BSAD project is a project that has any future. And I think this project failing is almost what football needs to prove that you cannot just take a club out of context and run it solely as a business and be successful because it simply does not work. Um, but that said, my commiserations do go to the players and to the manager. Franklin Corvalli, I think, is an excellent young coach. I was interested to see. He he seems to suggest he was committing his future to be sad. I think it's very honourable of him. I, I think I can see him at a better club, at a better project. Um, and there's plenty of good players on that team, Barney. Plenty of good players. So, yeah, that's that's just my position on B-side. I'm not... I'm not surprised that they went down. I'm not too sad they, that they went down, but I do want to just pay my respects to those players and, and all the stuff. Yeah, I think that's very important. And I think, because um, I was going to say a similar thing to you, because I know I've been sort of hyping a bit last year episode, but I, I also want to get my position clear and say it's great that they've gone down. But I think it's a really interesting point you make there about the, I mean, there would obviously be a lot of staff there who, you know, would just need to stay at their club for their livelihoods, you know, and, and of yeah. course they should do that. But the players, Albert, I think is a really interesting one. And I think, I wanted to talk about Johan Barai, who you know, because in this league, it's it's not guaranteed you're you're going to get a club if your contract runs up. I think because if you look at Johan Barai, he was playing in Serie A, he ended up in Juventus, and then he didn't have his contract renewed, and he was without a club from August until January when B said gave him an opportunity, right? And he's you know he's he's getting paid again, and he's because footballers don't have you know long careers and they've got to get their money when they can. So um, you know, because the SOD as horrible as they are and out of touch as they are and as good as it is to see them get relegated, you know, I do wish all the luck in the world to the players and, and the people of that club who, who who are just... Because I think the big thing for BZ is that they they won't be able to stay at the National Stadium now with the the, the rent of that. Um, mm-hmm. Not that they were getting any ticket money anyway. I don't know. <laughs> but so, yeah, yeah, I think that could they could be in real trouble now as, as, as a club. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens to them. And of course, it just leaves us then to say... Good luck to both Morins and Chavs in the relegation playoff. That's now confirmed. Chavs who finished third in the Segunda Liga will play Morins who finished 16th in the Premier League, the first leg on Saturday. And then the second leg is the following Sunday. So keep your eyes on that fixture. That is going to be fascinating. And of course, we should say a big congratulations and welcome back to Rio Ave and Casapia, who will be joining us in the Premier League next season. Really interesting, Barney. Rio Ave rejoining us after a one-year absence and Casapia rejoining us after an 83-year absence. So two very different stories there, two very different clubs, but two clubs I'm really looking forward to seeing next season. Yeah, I'm particularly looking forward to seeing Rio Ave back because I, I think they, yeah. they're such an interest. Well, they got the best kits, blah, 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 but, like, <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can bring back uh, back to this division. Yeah. Well, before we get into the serious bit, Barney, let's have a bit of fun because I've prepared a section that I think both yourself and the listeners will be interested to hear. Because if you think back to the very first week of the Premier League season, it feels like a very long time ago now, and myself and Barney decided that you know what. We're going to stop bricking it and we're going to make our predictions for the season. We've been putting it off. We didn't want to look stupid, but we decided we had to in the end. So we predicted the top six and we predicted the bottom three. But interestingly, Barney, I think you might have forgotten this. We also predicted the top scorer, the most assists, and we predicted an, uh, a kind of fake award that you made up, the Ryan Gould Award, Barney. And what oh, a joy lovely. it is to say that name on this podcast again <laughs> for such a long time. And the intention of that was basically... 
a player from a real kind of rock bottom team, maybe a relegation threatened team that uh, was going to be a kind of a hidden gem that could step up yeah. to, to, to top level. So without further ado, we are going to play you a little excerpt from that episode where me and Barney, first of all, give our predictions for the top six. Well, we're going to do this. The European places one to six and bottom three. Barney, I'm going to let you go first, basically because I don't want to go first. Well, I've, it might seem quite boring what I've gone with, but I, I'll, I'll say it and then I'll explain. I've gone Sporting, Porto, Benfica, Braga, Santa Clara, Vittorio Grimaldi. So pretty much the, the same top five as last season, but it, it's going to be a hell of a lot more closer for me. I think it's going to be a point or two difference between, you know, the, the big three, potentially four, five and six as well being... Uh, uh, yeah, and I did make these predictions before the weekend's football, I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's worth noting. Well, so the only difference from the top six that we had last year, obviously, is you swap passos for Vittoria Gemarais. What's that based on? Well, I, like last week, people heard me not giving passos a chance. Um, I, I wasn't expecting the players that have already performed very well to to step up. I was expecting them to very much be, as George Mal said, a, a season of consolidation. And then, and I thought Vittoria Gemarais and the Pepper would, you know be able to improve, but I didn't think that they were going to be able to improve enough. And I, I, I thought once Santa Clara potentially got knocked out of the Conference League, you know, there's still a very good squad in intact at the moment. So I, that's why I went for it. I don't know if you think that's a bit of a silly decision. No, no, I, it makes a lot of sense to me. Obviously, fourth place Braga, that's a, that's a pretty easy one. Going into your top three then, Barney. Mm. Benfica in third place, Porto in second, Sporting in the lead. Our Sporting fan listeners will love hearing you say that. I yeah, I just think they've they've shown in the even the super tasser, just the, the continuing momentum is there, and I think that the the young players will, will be growing in confidence, growing in belief, and also growing in their experience and ability. So yeah, I've, I've stuck by my my prediction from last week of come sporting, and I think I think Porto are going to edge on Benfica again, just because I think I've, there's a, a more settled team there than than Benfica. I think Benfica is still working out their best team. Do you want to do yours? Do you want to do you want to compare? Happily, happily. I'm not I'm not breaking it at all. Right. <laughs> so I'll go I'll go from six up to one. Oh, okay. And again, similar to Barney, these predictions were made before the first week of the Premier League, just so I don't sound completely stupid. <laughs> because in sixth place, I've gone for Family Cow. Yep. Fifth place, I've gone Vittoria. Yeah. Fourth place, Braga. Into the top three. <laughs> Th- third place, like you, Benfica. Second place, and I just want to say, I fought long and hard about this. <laughs> Second place, Sporting. First place, Porto. Now, I will just say, and just to be completely honest with you, my truthful answer is that I cannot pick between Sporting and Porto. So part of me going with Porto is to play devil's advocate, have, have a bit of debate on the show. For me, it came down to this. The top three, when we look at the top three, Benfica, I think, finished third place last year. Disappointing season, had a lot of limitations and weaknesses. I think they will improve, but I don't see them ironing out every single weakness that they had last season. I still think we'll see shadows, as we did, to be fair, in their game against Moran, shadows of the problems they had last season. So I think that in itself will mean they don't have enough this year uh, to jump up above the other two. Now, when I compared the other two, I found it so difficult. I think they have very similar starting 11s. I think Sporting have the better defence. I think Porto possibly... It's all very similar. It's very similar. It came down to this. I think both teams could feasibly win every single game other than when they play 
the top three. So where are they going to drop points? And for me, it's going to be in a head-to-head. And it came down to the fact that, honestly, as much as I think Sporting look fantastic, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that that, uh, Porto pick up a couple of points here and there against Sporting and Benfica. So ultimately, that's what it came down to, Barney. Again, like you have put Vittoria in at fifth place, I back them to regain a European position. I don't think it will be Europa League. I think they'll grab one of the Conference League places. And family Cow, I stood by what I said at the end of the last season. I backed them to get into uh, the Europa League based on the performances that we saw in the league last season, if they can replicate that form and sustain it over a whole season. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where do you want to start? <laughs> do you know what? I, I will, what I will say is that I feel like um, at the time I felt very um, unknowledgeable, but now hearing back, I feel like I was pretty knowledgeable. Yeah, not so bad, not bad. Well, look, to be fair, Barney, I think, you know, your top six was bang on apart from one club, right? Yeah. And also you got the title in, in, the, in the wrong order, but we'll let you off. Me, on the other hand, I don't know where my fucking love for Family Cow came from. <laughs> it's always love- been there, man. <laughs> oh, it has always been. I just loved Evo Vieira, man. I loved him. Anyway. Well, do you know what? They, they, they finished really strong last season and to be fair them they've done similar they finished pretty well this season like they were they were yeah their form was frightening at the end of last season and yeah yeah it looks a bit daft now but listen it could have been worse both of us got the top four right i got i mean i got i got porto right i'm i'm pleased well i I, do you know what listen hearing you there saying about they could even not see them drop points at all you know fair fair play that was that was a great shout and i think that benfica i think um that was really interesting, wasn't it? What you said there was not really improving on from last season. And, and I yeah. feel that's a really interesting question, isn't it? Like, um, have they? Have they? Like, it, it's been a really weird season. but Exactly. Well, well, we'll come on to that discussion in the second part of the podcast. Well, look, top six, not too bad. A couple of funny answers, but you know, at the end of the day, got most of it right. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Well, let's move on to the bottom three, Barney, and, and see how we did there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's do, the, let's do the bottom three. So I've gone um, rock bottom Aruka. Then Boavista and then Vizela in the playoff playoff spot. Okay, very interesting. All right, go on. Do you want to talk about that? Aruka, I just felt like um, being the third the third team coming up through the playoff. I didn't think they'll be as in a, a strong position. Boavista, but just uh, you know, I I've the, what's going on there. I just think it's too messy. It doesn't. It's too scary. There's there's not enough players that I recognise. It's just yeah, it doesn't feel right. And then sort of going off the back of what Josie was saying from especially to Segunda last week, I, I thought Vizela might play some nice football, but I feel like they might struggle to get points on the board. That's that's what. No, totally fair assessment. I'm I'm not going to argue that. I've gone for two of the same team, Barney. I've got Boavista in 16th place. So for me, I think they'll get into the playoff spot. I've gone for Aruka in 17th, but the team that I've gone rock bottom for me is BSAD. Uh, I cannot see them. I cannot see them getting out of a relegation battle this season. I think the squad is even weaker than it was last season. It wasn't particularly strong then. Um, I don't really see it as a squad with a lot to fight for. I don't see it really, even though they've signed the Mercurial Sandro, I don't really see them as a team with so many so many leaders. I don't see it as a club that players really want to play for. And for that reason, I just feel like the, this their time has come and, and they've not really invested in the squad. Uh, I don't really see much ambition there. And, and I think this will be the season where they fall out of the Primera Liga. Aruka 17th, like you, I think, unfortunately, I think they, they they don't look strong enough to stay in the league. That said, I think they'll have a little bit more fight and might be able to, you know, maybe in the last two or three games, they'll they'll pull off a win to, to put them out of the bottom spot. But I, I think ultimately it won't be enough. And, and Boa Vista, again, 
for me, they are they are one of the three worst squads in the league with lots of issues off the field. But let's not forget that they do have experience in this league. So I think that will be enough to to get them up to 16th. I'm going to have to see how the playoff goes. If and when it happens. Well, where do we well, start well, with well, that well. lot, Barney? <laughs> <laughs> first things first, both of us really down on Bo Vista. Really down. Yeah, I, do, yeah, I, do, I do remember that. And I remember us talking about it. And I remember my impression of Bo Vista after the summer was that this owner is fucking them over, right? He's selling off all their best assets. They really struggled last season. You know, they, they only just kind of survived in the last couple of games. And then I thought they regressed in terms of the squad, which I think they probably did. You know, Angel Gomez went. Certainly. Um, Albert Fellis. Albert Fellis went. So I was really down on them. I'm really worried. And I remember kind of tweeting about that a couple of times at the beginning of the season and, and Bo Vista fans kind of coming back to us and being like, no, you know what? I'm, I'm confident. I think we'll be mid-table. I really doubted it. But we were proved wrong. So, you know, absolutely fair play to to Bo Vista. It's not been a remarkable season, but they've survived and, and they've been better than a lot of teams. So fair play to them. I feel bad for what I was saying about Aruka in there. I know, we both shut on Aruka. Oh, it feels so bad now, doesn't it? Poor I think it was Aruka. easy, wasn't it? We didn't know too much about them at the time. They, yeah. you know, they were the team. And um, to be fair, they certainly have the the one of the weakest squads in the league, but, you know, fantastic achievement then for, to stay out of it. And then you were spot with Beast, I think. Absolutely I mean, spot I'm, on. I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing because I got the top of the table right and I got the bottom of the table right. So I will take that. Every day of the week, I feel like I was vindicated in everything I said about being said. Well, look, that was a little bit more ugly, and it's about to go from bad to worse, Barney. Because if we run the next clip, we're about to hear our predictions for top scorer, most assists, and best player for a small club. So let's have a little listen to that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, look, let's do the last few, Barney. Top scorer, most assists, and the Ryan Gould Award for best player outside the top three. Go on, hit me with your addresses. Tony Martinez, top goal scorer. Back to him, back to my fantasy. I mentioned it last week, Paulinho for assists. Mm, very interesting. I don't know if that's going to be, be come true at the end of the season, having seen the first game, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I just went for it. And then I went, uh, once again, Just uh, I'm just uh, rinsing uh, Jose from the specialist the Segundo on this one, but I went for Kiko from Vizela as my Ryan Gould award. Just completely off the what Jose was saying last week, it, I thought, from what I've seen, yeah, a little bit of an exciting play. Very interesting. I'm not going to argue with that. I have gone for different choices. Though. I've gone for Pedro Gonzalez as top goal scorer. And for the record, that was a decision I made before he banged three goals in two games. Uh, for this, I've gone for João Mario Barney at Benfica. Um, I think he's going to have a good season. I think he's going to outperform what he did at Sporting. I think he'll be uh, have more responsibility than he did at Sporting and be more of a key player. And let's not forget, Jorge Jesus loves him. He played some of his best football under Jorge Jesus. So I, I really could see him being a key player in that Benfica midfield and, and supplying them with a lot of the goals. Ryan Gould Award, I've gone for the guy I mentioned earlier, Barney, Afonso Souza at Bayside. Now, I know it's funny to say, considering I've just tipped Bayside to get relegated, but I wanted to pick a team, you know, not in fifth place, not in, not in fourth place. I wanted to pick a player from a team who I, I see is really struggling, but yet still have that gem that could uh, could be a, a small shining light in their season. I think of Afonso Souza uh, is the player. Where Albert. do we start with that lot? <laughs> Tony Martinez. I'm back in the fantasy. <laughs> I love that so, so, so much. So, I love so. that so much. Oh, so good. <laughs> Oh, what a load of bollocks. Well, Tony, Honestly. 
<laughs> I mean, Pedro Gonzalez wasn't a bad shout. Fucking João Mario, though. What was I thinking? I think I made some good points on João Mario, but obviously, like, didn't even come close. Alfonso Souza, I think he's been a good player, though, to be fair. I'll take that. And Kika yeah, Pondozo yeah. as well. You know, I love him as well. So I think that was a good shout from yourself. Yeah. But we got those other two dead wrong, man. Dead wrong. That's so funny. I think that's that is always a tough one to do, isn't it? I think. Um, but I, I, I certainly, I certainly didn't have Darwin in my mind if I'm honest at the time, uh, even no, being so a possibility. So uh, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just love the certainty, man. Tony Myers. <laughs> <laughs> so good, mate. Maybe next year. <laughs> All right, well, let's get down to business, Barney, and do what we came here to do. And that is to analyse every team from the Premier League this season as our post-season roundup. Now, we're going to run this from the top down, starting with Porto, and we're going to go down all the way to Aruka in 15th place. Let's start with Porto, Barney. Obviously, a lot has been said about them already. It was an exceptional season, uh, a title-winning season in which they extended their unbeaten run to 58 games. They beat last season's champions by six points and they really dominated the league from start to finish. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, hearing back to our season predictions for the beginning of the season there, I don't think either of us were expecting them to be as quite as impressive as they have been. I think there was a real a real change in the portal that I'd sort of got to know and uh, yeah. players like Vitinha, I mean, just as the prime example how he sort of changed that team. And then, of course, the you know, the, the wonderful Luis Diaz, who I think, you know, it's such a pleasure to see him slotting straight in at Liverpool and doing it yeah. incredibly well for such a, a, a well, well, possibly the best team in the world. So, um, yeah, they've been a real joy to watch and not something I thought I'd see myself saying about a conscious out team, uh, if, if you see what I mean. Yeah, and I think it is interesting to compare them to last season because let's not forget, had they not slipped up against Braga, if they'd got a win against Braga, they would have won this league by by nine points. As it was, they only won by six. Um, but they've done very well compared to last year. Of course, they got 11 more points than last season. They won five more games than last season. I think that's pretty huge, to be honest. They also drew four fewer games, which tells a story in and of itself. They scored 10 more goals. They conceded seven less goals. So the improvement has really been across the board. And I felt like we ended last season by saying they dropped too many points, you know, they drew too many games. And I think that's been the major difference this season is that they've cut out that that sloppiness. They've cut out those inconsistencies and they've been pretty ruthless throughout the whole season. And I think that's, you know, the the mentality the team have shown with the addition mm. of youngsters from Contrasau, like, you know, yeah. I've mentioned Vitinha, um, Fabio Vieira, of course, has been a, a sensation. Evan Nilsson sort of being let let loose into the team, João Mario right back as well. Those players coming in and still having that, we are, you know, we're going to win every game by, by at least a few goals has been so, like, ridiculous, really. And, you know, the players deserve credit. It's funny because we mentioned before we, we recorded this podcast, we were going to try and pick out, like, one or two key players from each team that have been a success. The thing about Porto is that you could pick seven or eight out of their starting eleven that that have just been fantastic players all season. So it really has been um, a team effort, and credit to the manager as well. I just read out those stats of, of what they've improved, and I think that improvement really comes from the top down. You know, he's he's made them the most organised team in the league. As I mentioned, they they've conceded the fewest goals out of any team this season and scored the most. So you know, when you've got that kind of combination on your side things are only really going to go one way. 
And just to look ahead to next season as well, Barney, of course, what can we expect from them? What do they need to do over the summer to keep this momentum going? I think for me, it comes down to what players are they going to keep? And I think Porto are in an interesting position because I think they're probably better placed to keep some of their best players than a lot of the teams. You know, Mediterrami, not likely to get a big move really given his age. I think Porto is probably as big as it will get for him. Um, Otavio recently signed a new deal. And I do feel like they, if they're going to lose anyone, it could be a young player, maybe a Vitinha. But then we've also seen that they've got plenty of other good young players to slot into those gaps. So things should be pretty good. The one big loss for me, Barney, will be Chancellor Mbembo. I, I'm not sure if it's confirmed, but it seems very likely that he will leave. And with Pepe not getting any younger, centre-back could then look like being a bit of an issue. I've got to say, it was a, a lovely old job to um, them bring Semedo on for the last game of the season just to get his med. <laughs> There's a couple of other players, a couple of keepers gone, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think they're a very interesting team, Albert, because for me, I, I'm sort of tipping a target to potentially move on because I do think they need to make money and I think he's he's... I think he could potentially get a move somewhere and be that be that cash cow. I think Vitini is another good bet on that. Um, but I, I've got to agree with you. I think they are in a very strong position for in terms of keeping the vast vast majority of that squad together. And then perhaps maybe we just need to look at the manager out, but whether Conchacel might be um, tempted to move somewhere else because he's he's been a great servant to to Porto. Now it's been a what is it five years. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, although he has been quoted saying, you know, he's still got two years on his contract, so we'll still we'll, we'll see. But all all people do, don't they? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I totally agree. I think if they're going to look to strengthen anyway, it will be in defence. Probably fullbacks and centre backs will be what they look look at. But other than that, they seem stocked in great areas. Like you, I don't think Conchessar will be on his way anytime soon unless a good offer comes up. But yeah, I think next season obviously is a bit too early to say, but uh, they're in a very strong position. Let's talk about sporting, Barney. I think sporting are a really interesting case to talk about because there's the obvious disappointment from their perspective of finishing second, especially as they went into the season as title holders. But of course, they couldn't match what Porto did this year. That said, they've still had a really good domestic season. They finished on 85 points. That's, that's exactly the same points tally that won them the league last year. They won one more game than last year, interestingly, and they increased their goal tally by eight goals. But obviously, they lost a few more games uh, as well, which is why they didn't win the league this season. Of course, an excellent showing in the Champions League as well. So it is really hard to fault sporting this season, other than maybe one or two instances where they drop points that they'll be disappointed about. I, I agree with you. I, I think it has been easy to be uh, a little too critical of sporting this season. But uh, I think the main area for me, Albert, is, is the is the forward positions and the goals we've said. I mean, the headline of the season, in hindsight for me, has to be the the, the poor season Pedro Gonzalez has had. I, I thought he was ready to light up the world the way he performed last season. And I've, I feel like uh, Amarin was was banking on that again this season. You, you know, mm. he really stuck with him. And when him and Paulinho sort of weren't sort of delivering, that's maybe where we saw the gap between them and Porto come from is, is, is those games where they, they needed a couple more goals. And I think I, I'm most excited to see Sporting in this transfer window, I think, because I think Amarin, Amarin had built something and now he's got to do a little bit more uh, because, because of players underperforming and, and, and the ages some of the players are getting and stuff like that. So I think it's a very... I've got no doubt he can do it. I think he's really up to the challenge. I think he's he's an excellent manager. I think it, it's just so many pieces to put together, isn't there? And and I in my head I can't sort of work out the, the solution to sort of close this gap between Porto. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the one thing that I will say about Sporting this season is that they had a hint of that 
phrase you know if you're not moving forward then then you're moving backwards about them this season it was very interesting that you mentioned Amarim relying on Gonçalves again because perhaps that was the case you know relying on too many of the players that did it for them last season without freshening things up again I hate to use a really obvious comparison but I think it does work if you compare to when um, Alex Ferguson at Manchester United was at his peak it didn't matter if his team won the league because at the end of the season he wasn't frightened of refreshing the whole squad even if that squad had just won in the league you know because he understood that you always have to keep things fresh and bring in new faces and I think obviously looking back perhaps you could say that not enough was done to refresh that squad I don't think it's a coincidence that the one kind of big player that came in to shake things up was Sarabia and Sarabia ended up being their player of the season um I agree the summer's going to be really interesting they've already done some business they brought in St Juice at centre-back very important I think they could possibly do with another centre-back depending who leaves I think they've been linked with Marita I think that would be a good signing again a fresh face in the centre of midfield again if I was them finally I would be shopping around for a striker and another winger which seems like a lot on the shopping list but I do think they need fresh faces they certainly do and I think Amaran's success in his first season was the promotion of a couple of youth players here and there. I would like them to see, see him do that again. It's, a, it's such an interesting point. And I think Amarin's co- openly committed himself to the club as well because, you know, his stock mm. was rising after his episode last season. So there's something going to happen there. I, 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 I know you mentioned him already, but I do think it is worth appreciating a bit more about Sarabia and what he's done for for the the, the quality of player he, he has been. He's really absolutely shown, and, and the way they it was the seventeenth minute when the the fans applauding last game, I thought that yeah. was. I mean, oh, how much more money can he be getting for him <laughs> not to come back? Here, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it would be an insane move for Sarabia to say, you know what, at thirty years old, I've found a bit of a home here, and I'm and I'm happy to come back. Um, and I think if we're talking about Sporting's prospects for next season, I think they should just be looking to at the very least, be competitive in the title race. I don't think Sporting, although they've done well to win the league and finish second, I don't think they're really in a position yet where they can say they've earned the right to be guaranteed themselves a title every year. So I think for them, the aim should equally just be make sure you're in the running, get yourself in the fight. You know, the last five games to go, if you're there or thereabouts, give yourself a chance. I think that should really be the aim, but it's not a given. And I think that's a that's a really big thing to remember is is you know where they've come from. Yeah. I know it's been a rapid rise on the Amarin, but that this is still a club who, you know, unlike Benfica, who will be shopping around for big talent across the whole of the world. Uh-huh. You know, sports sporting's budgets are a lot more restricted, and um, that you know they, they quite often look look within this league. So yeah, it's credit again once to Amarin for putting them in a in a really strong position with a, a squad far far less. In value than, than the other the other two teams in, uh, in the big three. And let's do Benfica, Barney. Obviously, third place, a big disappointment for the fans and the team. Uh, and I think the real disappointment was that they never really showed at any point any chance of really challenging for the title. Um, they didn't look massively improved under Verissimo, I have to say, after George Jesus left. Darwin, of course, the big positive of this season, his performances have been a joy to watch. And of course, the Champions League was a great success and I think gave the fans something to to enjoy. I think without that Champions League run, there'd be a lot more fans who are a lot angrier than what we're seeing now. Because I think at the moment, there's just a kind of general disappointment around Benfica fans at the moment, rather than sort of active hostility. (laughs) No, but I think we've also got to remember, please don't, but if you want to clip out that moment I said early in the season where I I was quoted saying, um, I can see... Benfica winning every game this season <laughs> under Jorge Zeus. 
I don't think we should forget that because they were pretty frightening uh, at the beginning of the season, I thought, the way Rafa was playing. They really did have something going and then, it, of course, it all sort of just fell apart and the Champions League run was great, but Verismo hasn't really done anything really to, to really excite um, me. Obviously, we've seen uh, Roger Schmitz coming in from uh, the PSV manager will be uh, starting now, I take it, and there's, there's always lots of transfer rumours uh, around him and what he's who he's going to bring in. Verismo has been an interesting one now because the, the success with the B team he had uh, that, that sort of got him into this position is seems really impressive and uh, it does seem a, a shame. I, I, I expect him to stay in Portugal. I haven't been, but like I said, the, the main thing for me, I just haven't been convinced by him at all in terms of seeing the teams he's put out, the, the style of play, his, his ideas, that just haven't seemed to translate. So yeah, I, I wish him luck, but I, I, I don't see him going too far. Well, we're going to come on to Braga in a second, but I think Verissimo is one of the names linked with Braga, interestingly, but We'll talk about that in just a second. Of course, the, the arrival of Roger Smith is the big news that we haven't covered on this podcast yet. It kind of was announced when we were off for a couple of weeks, but he's coming in from PSV. And you know what? I don't mind at all Benfica bringing in a foreign coach. I think an outsider perspective could be exactly what Benfica needs because they need some kind of shock to the system. They need something to break them out of the rut that they've been in these last two years. They need a strong character as well, which it does seem like Roger Smith is. And I think that could be healthy for the players as long as there's a respect uh, that goes with it. It's it's still a very aged squad, this, this team. Yeah. And, and and some of the transfers that they brought in last summer, you know, João Mario has been left out of favour. He's 29. Uh, Mate as well, they brought in from Torino. He's 28. shook as well, like Rodrigo Pino, <laughs> I completely forgot was there. This, in my head, there still seems to need to be this massive overhaul and it's going to be so messy because I just when you look at the squad on paper it just looks like there's too so much to do and 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 once again you know we could be looking at another transitional season for Benfica and, and you know it's been a while now since they've won the title but they, they, it seems like too much to ask of Roger Schmidt to do it in his first season is what, is what I'm trying to say yeah do you know what I'm tempted to agree with that I think that's a pretty fair assessment of the situation there's so many average players I suppose the question for Roger Smith will be, can he get more out of those players? You know, maybe then it becomes a simpler task if it's not about moving on, you know, 10 or so players. It's more about moving on three or four and getting the best out of what you've got. Maybe that makes his job easier. But yeah, I totally agree that it's um, a big job that he's got on his hands. Well, let, let, let's talk about some positives though, Barney. Of course, the biggest one, as I mentioned, was Darwin Nunez. Now we expect him to leave. There's been all sorts of clubs linked with him in the summer, Premier League clubs, PSG, big Spanish clubs, everyone and their mum has been linked with Darwin Nunes uh, at the moment. But he's worth it, really. We have to say that, I think, because he's scored so many goals and he's put in so many good performances and not just performances against smaller Portuguese clubs, but he's done it in the Champions League as well. We expect him to leave and it'll be sad to see him go, but he's been a great one to follow. I've really enjoyed his story. It's only two years, but it feels like a long time that he's been connected with the Premier League and Benfica. I think, you know, um, now the season's come to a close and we've seen him under sort of two managers and, and obviously that, that first season of August, which was a real a real mess. I, I'm inclined to say that his the, the position he's got himself into is all down to him. You know, it, it, it's not sort of someone bringing the best out of him. It's all been his... Uh, his development of his own back, and yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal player. I'm inclined to say now, and, and I've, he's 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 going to be great wherever he goes, and he's going to be a massive loss for for Benfica. You know, uh, they're, they're going to have to really replace him in in terms of goals. 
Yeah, that's going to be a very difficult, difficult task. Um, and I think one other key thing that we haven't touched on that has to be on the agenda for Roger Smith is getting back to promoting the youth players that they haven't done for so long under so many managers. It was really interesting to see Verissimo's team. I don't know if you watched the game, Barney. Benfica played at the weekend against Passos. It's really interesting to see the team that Verissimo put out on the last day of the season. A lot of young players, a lot of youth players, and a lot of players that looked really good, to be honest with you. Araujo up front looks excellent. Um, forgive me, I forget some of their names, but there were some great players on the pitch, especially a young playmaker midfielder that I liked a lot. So that has to be on the agenda for the new manager. Get back to promoting those youth players because not only, I think, does it make good assets for the club to sell on, but I think it just brings a different energy to a squad when you've got that those hungry players in and around the squad rather than players who are kind of just journeyman players there to kind of sit out their contracts. I think it brings a completely different dynamic to the squad and I think it's it, it would do them so well if they get back to... Uh, that side of Benfica that we know so well. As sort of down on them as we've been now, but I think it is they did do very well to secure third place. Uh, I think, yeah. you know, with, it was a really um, difficult period with the whole Jorge uh, saga. I think that was a really messy time and we we, we could have easily seen them uh, completely fall apart and, uh, uh, and, you know, with the improvement of Braga who we're about to talk about in, in the second half of the season, you know, they they, they really did enough to, to keep them at bay and also as we've touched on the, the success in the Champions League as well. That was, because I know we've talked about the fans briefly there, but that will be so important for them. It's, you know, that, that is, but you know, Benfica in the Champions League, get, getting through a couple of knockout games, that, that's massive for them. And that it really sort of puts them back on the map in terms of uh, being a sort of a European giant, if you see what I mean. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. Well, let's talk about Braga now, Barney. And I think we should start with the manager, really, because that was the big news that came out today as we record this, that... Uh, Carlos Cavalier will be leaving the club at the end of the season. We knew his contract was up and we knew it was likely that he was going to leave, but I still thought perhaps there was a chance he'd stay. But now it is confirmed that he's going to leave. I think he's been a great success at Braga, honestly. I know a couple of times we've spoken about, oh, it's a shame they weren't more competitive for third place, etc. But I think when you look at what Carlos Cavalier has achieved, two consecutive fourth place finishes, they made it to the Europa League quarterfinals this year. Uh, they won the Tassa to the Portugal last year, so that's a bit of silverware for the trophy cabinet. And he's done it the whole time on a very shoestring budget, not spending big money on players. And he's got an incredible record of bringing through youth players at Braga. I think, I think he's done a great job and he's left that club in a really good place, in my opinion, for whoever comes in next. I mean, yeah, I think his achievement this season... It's always easy to go for one of the big three managers being coached this season, but what he's done at Braga is, is is incredible, and that's completely down to the amount of youth players he's brought through and 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 how attractive the the football they've been playing has been. It's a tough job at Braga, isn't it? Albert? Because everyone's expecting the same most seasons, and the, the statistics in terms of what he spent, I think they spent uh, three million, but they um you know they got, they got an income of twenty six million. Like you know they they really are worth working on turning players around and I'm gutted to see him go I think they're in a really exciting position with the players that he's brought through the season with some of the other players who are, who are likely to stay there I think there's, there really was something building there and I can't begrudge him for leaving I think he'll get a good job because I think he's he's certainly in my eyes considering his time in England as well recently he's, his stock has completely risen for me I think mm-hmm. we've seen a, a, a really fantastic coach just produce some magic really yeah, and good luck to him wherever he does next. I really hope he goes to a club of a decent stature. 
because I think he deserves it. He's proved that he is, as you say, a very good coach. And of course, Barney, one of the other key figures at Braga, let's be realistic, the key figure at that club this season was Ricardo Horta, who had just a phenomenal season for himself. He broke the record to become Braga's all-time record goal scorer on the last day of the season with 93 goals he scored at Braga. Incredible achievement. This year in the league, he scored 19 goals and got five assists. He's the club's top scorer. The guy is just an absolute legend and and I cannot speak highly of him enough. What a gift it is for Braga to have a player like him committed to the club. And I think how important, you know, how last summer there was that heavy rumours of him going to Atlanta in America for, for huge money and him turning that deal down. How important that that decision was for his career now, because I'm expecting him to move on and go go to go to one of the big three at least, and if not another club in Europe. And incredible, incredible player and incredible performance from him. Because as much as I've hyped Carver how there and for what he's done to the team, without Horta, you know that they, they would be in a completely different place. Yeah, I think that's very fair. You know, he's really stepped up and been the leader in that team, which is. Uh, part of the reason why they've done so well. And equally, Barney, I think, you know, I do want to mention a number of players who I think have done well for Braga this year. Ali Al-Mazrati, who got off to a slow start. We kind of questioned his commitment to that club, really. Um, he's turned around and done really well, got back up to that form that we expect from a player of his quality. Louis Medeiros, Barney, everyone knows that I love this guy. He's one of my favourite players on that team. A really underrated player that I love watching. I think he's been excellent. Vitinha, the young striker, I think he's been phenomenal. Uh, six goals this season. He's got a big season ahead of him, I think. This, this I think I think so too. If they can keep him, I think so. And I think also credit needs to go to Mateus, the goalkeeper, who uh, one of the best goalkeepers in the league for me. I mean, again, another player who's kind of gone under the radar, but been a been a great player. So yeah, obviously Ricardo Horta been amazing, but I think also we need to give credit all around that squad not only to those players that I just mentioned, but also a lot of the young players who've done so well making their debuts, playing their first season of, of senior football. One more player I wanted to add, David Carmo, since he's come back there, the defence looks far, far better. And I don't know, I think uh, Aaron will certainly be looking at him, in my opinion, but he, he if they can keep him, that'd be great because he's he's a fantastic centre-back. And I think, you, you know, if it's such a long, to be out for so long, you realise... When he, once he's come back, how important he is for Braga. Absolutely. And just to look ahead to the summer, obviously the manager situation will be a big one to deal with. I think it's important that they get that done soon, you know, ideally by the end of May, early June. I think that's important so that the new manager can do their own transfer business. I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask for a name, Barney, but I wonder whether you agree that I think it's not a bad idea for them to look within the league because I think there's a number of good young managers in the league this season that could be good options for them, you know, I'm thinking of Bruno Pinheiro, uh, Ricardo Suarez, even Mario Silva at Santa Clara, that type of manager I think would be a good option. And then equally, there's some of them becomes about what players can they keep hold of? Because we've just listed a number of key senior players, but how many of them will move on? Because you sense that Almas Ratti stayed an extra season, maybe than he expected. Perhaps the same with Ricardo Horta, they might be tempted to move on. Um, David Karma as well as you say so a number of key players could be leaving so recruitment could be key again this summer I think if those players do move though the 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 income of cash will be quite significant add that yeah. to the, how they've how far they've gone in the Europa League you know there'll be a, a, a nice little pot there and you know I've, I feel like they've, they've consistently made decent signings and with those young players only getting more experience things looking alright for Braga let's move down to fifth place Barney and talk about 
let's be honest, one of our favourite teams from this season, 0%. An outstanding season for them, a historic season for the club. Obviously, European football confirmed for the first time in the club's history. Future stars created in the likes of Samuelino, Fujimoto, Fran Navarro. Players who've only previously been average players turning into top players. I'm thinking of Pedrinho there, maybe Ruben Fernandez. You know, incredible performances from those players. The manager has been fantastic. And I think for me, when it comes to Gil Vicente, it's top marks across the board. I, 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 talking about it is making me a little bit sad, to be honest, because I feel like... <laughs> I feel like we've seen from them just a collection of players come together because let's be honest, it was really that starting 11. There wasn't really, it wasn't really like a, a, a whole squad contribution. Yeah. It was those starting 11 players all being at the club at the right time, at the right moment. And I'm just, they're going to get ripped apart. <laughs> There's so many players who might move on. and It's sad to, no, it's not sad. It's an absolutely incredible achievement. The football they've been playing, I said that last week, you know, when when Santa Clara and uh, Pastor De Ferro got European football last season, they weren't playing the sort of football Ricardo yeah. Cyrus and Gilles Vicente were playing. It was no. it, it just so good to watch. And yeah, so many good moments from a, a lot of players. I think it is the elephant in the room, though, Barney. You are right to bring it up. The fact that, you know, as we saw with Pastor Ferreira in particular last year, that key group of players is likely to move on. Samuelino, we know, is going to move on. Uh, Fujimoto is technically only on loan. I'm sure they would like to keep him, but I'm sure other clubs will be sniffing around. Uh, Fran Navarro likely to move on as well. Zay Carlos definitely going to move on. Obviously, he was only on loan. So plenty of big players that are going to move on. And I think the message just has to be in this situation, just enjoy it while it lasts, you know, because we know that these clubs will not are not likely to keep these good players. So rather than focus on the negatives, let's just reiterate what we've just said, that this has been an incredible season. And I hope everyone associated with the club is is proud of, of what they've done. And I hope that they can enjoy the European adventure next season. You know, I'm not expecting anything from them. We, we saw both Santa Clara and Pastor Ferreira fail to make the group stages of the Europe Conference League. We know it's a very difficult ask for a club, small Portuguese club to get there. Look, if they can do it, it will be fantastic. But look, it's all just a bonus from here on out. Uh, but would you say that this uh, said team is is the most cliched Portuguese team in the <laughs> Premier League outside of the big three in Braga? Because look, if you look at it, you've got like a you've got a guy, a striker on loan from Spain. You've got a young Brazilian <laughs> winger. You've got a, a Portuguese journeyman in Pedrino. You've got a, a guy, a Japanese player on loan. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like. But like, yeah, like I was saying, it's just a perfect collection at the right moment. And uh, and yeah, they're, they're, they've certainly been my favourite team. I'm so, I was so happy for them. The veteran centre-back coming good at just the right yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, mean, exactly. I know it just ticks all the boxes. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Victoria de Gamarayesh, Barney. And I don't know about you, but I think it's quite hard to judge Victoria's season because on the one hand, for a club who should really be aiming for the top five, to finish sixth, to finish sixth behind a club historically smaller than themselves with smaller resources could be deemed a failure. But that said, I think when you look at the season that they had last year and you look at the issues that they've had recently, I think this season and, and the second half of the season specifically, I think have been quite positive, you know. They gave themselves a chance of nicking fifth place, but couldn't quite do it. Um, I don't think the squad is particularly good, if I'm being honest. And I think 
they really do need to add quality to that squad if they're going to secure fifth spot next season. But I think they did, in my opinion, as much as they could this year. Uh, my, my criticism of it would be that I felt like it took Pepper too long to work out what to, what to do with that team and that squad. I think the, 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 it was only actually, to be honest, after Marcus Edwards left, that I felt like he sort of realised what he needed to do. And just slight tweaks here and there, bringing Maga the right back in, sort of mixing that midfield up, giving Andre Almeida um, mm. more of an opportunity in that midfield. I think, you know, something stuff that I was expecting to come straight in and do, you know, just give a few more young players a chance. And I think it just took him time to to trust to trust his players. So I think now they're certainly in the right direction. And I am I am looking forward to next season. But I think overall, but I've got to say I was slight I was slightly disappointed in Pepper this season. I had real high hopes for him. Well that's the thing, you know, I mean Going back to our predictions, I think we both predicted Victoria higher than they finished, but I think they only finished one place below where I expected them to. So I'm trying to be I'm trying to be less harsh on them, and I think you know Pepper inherited a, a lot of issues at that squad, and I think he's done well to solve quite a few of them. I think he's very often found the best team out of the players that he had available, similar to Cavalli at Braga, I think. Uh, and I think, as you say, I think he's done a good job of bringing those youth players through. So I think. They're in a much better place at the end of this season than they were at the end of the last season, even if their position in the table is largely the same. I feel more positive about them next season. Um, the key player we have to mention, Brian, of course, is Oscar Stupinian, who, who had quite a positive season himself. Uh, someone we've been a little bit harsh and criticising at times, but he finished the season, I believe, on 15 goals uh, and three assists. A lot of those were headers, but uh, listen, the man knows how to head a ball. There's nothing wrong with that. He will most likely leave at the end of the season with his contract up. So that is now a hole that they have to fill, which is which is quite interesting. Um, but yeah, a few decent players I wanted to mention, Barney. Him, Rashinha as well, I think is a great leader and contributes decent numbers. Thiago Silva in midfield, I thought was quite a good signing. I thought he did pretty well. And for me, Barney, one of the unsung players in that side is Varela, the goalkeeper, who I think is consistently performing at quite a high level and um, yeah, I think he's a good player in that side. Albert, I've already you know, played. I'm sort of tipping to have a, a, a really good season next year, and that's actually Ruben Lemires. I think we've only just started to see uh, the, the best in him, so I think um, he could be a big player for the next season. But uh, no, I think when you when you look for that squad and you you know you're looking at the average age of those players, it's it's right down there. There's a lot of young talent. And, you know, players that we've been critical, Abel Mutman, Berevkovic, for example, they're, they're 23 and 24. You know, these are, there's, they're, they're not like experienced players in this league. So there's there's a lot more to come from this team. And that, yeah, uh, I, I'm excited for their next season. There is work to do in the transfer market, though, Barney. There is stuff that they need to improve this summer. The one area particularly, I think, that they need to improve is centre-back. And that's a bit of a shame because it's one of the few areas that they did actually spend a bit of money. They spent about a million pounds on Berevkovic, which... It's not a signing that's really come off. I would also try and add a quality winger or attacking player to that side so they've got more than two options because at the moment it's really only Lemaris and Rashinia for me. Of course, they need a striker if uh, a stupid man does leave. So, you know, the shopping list is quite extensive, but I think a lifeline could then could be in the young players that they have. I think there's a great crop of young players there. I do really like Amaro, the centre-back. Maybe he can play a bigger role. I really like Miguel Maga, the right-back. I think he's excellent. They've got players like Thomas Handel. They've got Andre Almeida. So there's young players there. So if they haven't got the money to spend, maybe you know they need to start trusting those young players to fit in those gaps. 
And what about getting charisma and a, a year extension? Or is he, is he done? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you know what? I'm so glad he scored on, on the last day of the season because I think it probably is the last time. Well, possibly the last time we'll see him in the Primera Liga. I don't yeah. know if hang up his boots. It wasn't quite a fairy tale ending. He's not really played much, has he? But um, yeah, what a legend, man. And, and I think it's so cool that he spent the last couple of years at Petroleum Demarash. It's been a proper pleasure, hasn't it, to watch him? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk about Santa Clara. Now, a seventh place finish was very, very good for Santa Clara in the end, considering that they were held back by a very slow start to the season. Obviously, it took them a while to find their rhythm. I think uh, the start to the season was really disrupted. The Conference League proved to be quite a big distraction. They had players leaving throughout the season at quite odd times. The manager obviously left, the manager that had done so well for them. They didn't get the right man in the door the first time around. Nuno Campos didn't quite work out. But in my opinion, Mario Silva definitely has proved to be the right man for the job. He's really turned their form around. I think seventh place is a great result for them. And there's a lot of positives for Santa Clara going into next season, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, completely. I think, uh, to be honest, I know I in my predictions, they were, I had them quite finishing high again. But um, around November, December, I had... Very, very little hope for them. I thought they were they were potentially going to be in a relegation scrap. So, yeah, the way they've turned things back around, and still, like I feel like this is a recurring thing with Santa Clara's players leaving in January, midway through the season. You know, I remember that when they lost Santana uh, winter last season. I think that was I freaking that was going to derail them, and, and no, they they come back again. I mean, Lincoln's the obvious player for me I went to stand as a stand-up player but I've also been so excited by the the Japanese striker Tagawa who they brought in on the loan in January and then the impact he's made since he's come in yeah five goals since January it's great going for you know a foreign player who's still settling in so promising signs for him I agree Lincoln obviously the star man the thing I really liked about Lincoln was that uh, he went from this kind of raw young talent who they weren't really relying on last season to a, a talisman in that team you know he, he took a lot of the burden on his shoulders for that team. So he looks really positive. The player that I really like as well, Barney, that I don't think we mentioned enough or anyone really mentions enough is Ricardinho. I really like this guy. He's the kind of small playmaker. I think he's an underrated star in that team. He's got um, a bunch of Man of the Match awards. They recently posted a picture of him with all his Man of the Match awards. Five goals as well for the season. Really like credible numbers. Someone I really enjoy watching. And a player, again, also Barney, that I don't think we really mentioned it's Kennedy Boateng, the centre-back, I think. You know, he's an underrated defender in that team. So I think there are a lot of positives for Santa Clara going into next season. The one big worry for me, though, Barney, is these quite worrying rumours coming out that they're about to be taken over by a Chinese investor and that Mario Silva may not be the manager next season, which I think would be a real, real mistake. I think the work that he's done is fantastic. I think if they keep him, I'm really positive about them next season of course some players might leave we know that but as you say they always seem to get their recruitment right I believe and I'm not sure if that this is rumours or a confirmed deal yet but Jota Silva from Casapia who was their kind of star player has, has been linked with Santa Clara so we know the recruitment's good again for me the key if they keep the manager and just keep that consistency I'm, I'm very optimistic about them next season the thing with them that they always seem to pull out the bag don't they and they I mentioned the the people they've lost you know Carlos Junior was obviously the big one in the summer. Fabio Cardoso as well as centre back. They've now lost Kreisan and, and Rafael Ramos went to Brazil in the, in the January transfer window. They're right back, and yet here they are still. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do next season. But um, I think what sums them up is like you were saying, they just sort of 
do their business quite quietly, nothing fancy. They just they just go about their work and, and they they do well. So yeah, a really really good season for them. I also really like that they they're not afraid to dip into the lower leagues uh, to do their transfer business. So yeah, I'm looking forward to their summer. They're going to be one to keep an eye on. Now let's move on to Barney Family Cow, who ended the season eighth place. Not quite the the fifth place that I predicted, but uh, nonetheless a decent result because they were also another team very similar to Santa Clara Barney that that suffered from a slow start to the season. You know their recent form has been very decent. I think even their very recent form, like the last five games of the season, they were in top four form. So you know really ended the season quite solidly. Could have been higher than eighth had they not got off slow off the mark, but. Perhaps I feel less enthusiastic about them than I did at the end of the last season. Um, I think, yeah, no, for them, a very, very solid season in the Premier League, a top half finish and good signs for next season also. A really confusing team for me. I, I still haven't <laughs> quite worked them out because there's just, uh, there's there's so many um, departures and arrivals, isn't there, in terms of the players that they bring in and ship out. Um, I think a player for me, uh, Texaria, when they got him in from finals, that bit of experience because there is a there is a lot of young players in that team, um, and I think when he came in, he offered a bit of quality up front, which really sort of helped them second half of the season and, and sort of helped have the strong finish they have. I mean, Simon Banza has been. I think you described him perfectly, Albert, when you said like he'll, he'll go quiet for a few games and then suddenly bang it, come in with two goals, like exactly what he did last game of the season. So it'd be very interesting to see where uh, I know he's got a lot of fans in this league, and I'd be interested to see if he can come back to Portugal because he's been he's been really fun to watch. Well, he scored 14 goals, Barney, and he scored on four occasions, he scored two goals in one game. So, yeah, he does He does seem to kind of score in patches, but, you know, his overall numbers are excellent. Yeah, really interested to see what he does next season. Maybe Lonzo will just have him back as a starting striker. I think he's definitely good enough to play in the French top division. And also, Barney, the player that I really like, and I think, again, we have to be honest and say, we've not really talked about him enough on this show, is Pepe, the midfielder. I think his numbers are excellent. Five goals. Seven assists, really good uh, attacking midfielder, good playmaker, um, one of the hidden gems of that team. And the centre backs as well, Barney. I like a couple, I know they sometimes play three at the back, sometimes they play two, but the pairing that I like is Penetra and Richie Elliott centre back. I think that's two quality players, Penetra in particular. I think he's got a lot of admirers from people who followed him in his Benfica youth days, at his Portugal youth days. And yeah, someone I like a lot. So good players in this team, good players. I'm not going to go overboard like I did last year and predict uh, Europa League football, but I think they're in a, a decent position. Hopefully, as long as they have a more consistent season than they did last year and don't scare their fans by getting involved in some unnecessary relegation battle in the first six months of the season. Just have a nice, consistent season next year. That's what I'd like to see from them. All right, moving further down the table, and let's touch on Estoril. And again, for them, Barney, it's quite interesting because they've almost had the inverse of uh, those two clubs that we just spoke about. You had a slow start, but kicked on. Uh, they had an excellent start to the season. They flew into the top five. Everyone was tipping them to be this season's revelatory club. But the second half of that season let them down ever so slightly. That dream of European football was taken away from them. They dropped a bit further down the table. But in fairness, never in any danger of relegation. So for a newly promoted team, which I find it easy to forget that that's what they are, but for a newly promoted team to finish ninth, never in danger, uh, some good games, good results, ticks every box for me. Yeah, they come up, they came up just so well. I think it was just a, such a 
a real surprise, but a really fun surprise to just see them play their, their football first half of the season. And then I don't think you can put too much under the departure of Shaquinho, but then suddenly, you know, like I did feel like that was the moment where they were like, our players just moved to the Premier League, for God's sake. Like, did they are like <laughs> suddenly like, oh, are we the real deal? And then, and so maybe things did stagnate a bit. I don't know. It just, my main takeaway of it is the, the job that, um, Bruno Pinieri's done and, and the, the the team he's assembled it's just been remarkable I think and and so many technically good players in that team I think that, that that's my, been my main thing is that just the you know Andre Franco in particular I mean I, I, I'll i be so interested to see what, what happens to him in, in the summer because he's surely got to move somewhere else because he's just been absolutely ridiculous 11 goals 4 assists just yeah, a fantastic, fantastic player. I've got a feeling it'll be abroad, Barney. I don't really know why. I've not got any inside information, but I'm just, yeah, I've just got a feeling it'll be it'll be abroad for Andre Franco. That said, again, selfishly, I would love him to stay in this league because he's he's performed at a level just above anyone else in that team and above yeah. what what a newly promoted club should really be should really be expecting. Eleven goals from midfield is an incredible return considering some of the big money strikers in this league who've not scored that many goals naming no names um but yeah no fantastic player and as you say a number of players we could mention i'm interested to see who your kind of favorite players are i always liked jarzinho the left back you know i mm. thought he was a good little player um yeah plenty of good players i like the manager like i said i'm not going to be too harsh on them for the little dip i think they can be happy with their season my player is julian Boer. i just i don't know i, I really like him and I, I i hope he can come back to portugal next season obviously being on on loan from Mallorca, so yeah, we'll have to see. But you know, I'll say it again: the fact we've seen a promoted team play the football they've played has just been brilliant. Let's talk about a team that we both like, Barney, and talk about Maritimo. Now, I think it's been an excellent season for them since Vasco Siabra's arrival. Obviously, they had that fantastic immediate form when he joined. They won something like four out of five games. It was really incredible to see. Slightly less remarkable form recently, but let's be realistic. He joined a club at the foot end of the table, a club that had struggled to survive the season before, and he's taken them to 10th place. He's gotten 10 points clear of relegation. He's improved players that weren't getting any minutes, and he's got them playing a type of football which has made the players confident in their own ability. I think it's fantastic coaching from a great young manager that has got them to a great position in the table. I, I completely agree with everything you said there about him at... Do you see him getting a, a move to a big club out of Siabra? Because I, I feel like he's an interesting character in Portugal, isn't he? I think some people don't tr- quite trust him, but I, I, I'm certainly a fan. Well, he, he's had more clubs than you think. He's not just this young manager who's burst onto the scene. He's been around a bit, right? He, he wasn't successful at Bovista when they kind of saw him as the young manager to take them forward. But then I thought he did a great job at Morrowinds. Uh, really bizarre decision for them to let him go. I do think he's destined for bigger things. I don't know if that's, you know, a top Portuguese club that's playing in the Champions League. Maybe something like Abraga will be his his ceiling, you know, as a manager. But that said, I think he is an excellent coach. And I think what you get from him is a manager that improves players, that gets a team, as I said, playing football that the players can believe in and can feel confident playing. And I think that's such an underrated thing. When players are playing a style of football that makes them feel like good footballers, you know, I think that's really underestimated. And I think that's what he does. Some of those players, Barney, that he's he's done a good job with, I think Rafiq Gaitan is the yeah. main one because yeah, yeah. I don't think he was really playing before Seabra came in, but he brought him in and made him a key creative attacking player he got four goals and two assists and then of course you've got 
the main names that I think we expected to do well, Joel, to go with nine goals for the season. Very good return. Claudio Wink doing his thing. Four goals from right back. And the one player that surprised me, Barney, Mateus Costa, the centre-back, who got himself five goals mm. and is the club's third top scorer as a centre-back. I love that. I've also rated Seba's work with the, the back line of, of Maritima. I think he's done a really good work mm. with that um, back line. So, yeah, I think uh, Claudio Wink's my man now, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see if he can get a move somewhere. I think he can do it at a bigger club, but we'll see. We'll see. And in terms of next season for them, of course, I don't want to go overboard but I would like to see them at least match what they did this season. And who knows, maybe with a little bit of smart work in the transfer transfer market, we could see Maritimo be the type of team that kind of surprised people come out of nowhere with a good young coach. Who knows? What was the returning president's ambition? What did he say? Something like Europe in a couple of years? Or <laughs> Moving on then, Barney. Passos de Ferreira, in my opinion, a very, very good season since Cesar Pichotto came in, similar to Maritimo. I liked George Samuel, you know, Barney. I did like him, but it just never quite worked out. I think Pichotto has done what Samal never managed to do, really, in finding that team's best 11, or at least a, a core of players that was starting every week, even if it wasn't quite 11. I think 11th place for a club like Passos is very solid. Obviously, it comes with that tinge of disappointment that uh, they couldn't replicate what they did last year, but it was never going to happen when they lost so many of the key players that got them European football. To recreate that kind of success is so difficult. So for a club really that was aiming not to get relegated, 11th place with some good performances and good results, for me, that's a big tick. Yeah, certainly. And I think that was a real... Um... They really needed to find a new find a new identity, didn't they? After uh, Pepe left and like you know, likes of Lufa Singh, Bruno Costa, fantastic creative players, and uh, I think Social Pochetto worked out in the end. You know, I think Antunes has been a huge player for them on that left hand side. I think you know, offering offering that creativity they've lost perhaps from from defence, and then a player I I know I've talked a few times about, but I'm, I really think it's got a, a bright future and um, is uh, Matchoy Jao, the the 19 year old who's been came through uh, Passos Academy. I think uh, he, he's he hasn't got enough minutes to that. I think I think he des- he's deserved more. But when he has played, he's 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 looked he's looked really exciting. Yeah, I like that Barney, and I think the difference for Passos from last season is that going into next season now they do have some consistency because they've got more players that they're going to be working with season to season. Matro Giello, a great example of that, a young player who's done well that they can now work with and build on. I think that's going to be so important. There's one or two players that might leave. I think Nuno Santos has done really well in kind of increasing his worth and uh, and putting in some good performances. Um, but I don't think there's many big players that are going to be pinched. So I think that opportunity for consistency is going to be really important for them going into next season. And next up, Barney, Bovista. I think it's so funny to listen back to our predictions and, and consider what we thought a kind of season they are in for because we were expecting, you know, trouble, drama, relegation battles. It's been a very calm season for, ben, for Bovista, you know, 12th place. It's a lovely job, but take that every day of the week. They finished, uh, they had they secured safety with a few games to go. You know, they didn't have some with a few games to go. It almost feels like such a long time ago now that we were talking about them being relegated. And listen, what was all what was all the fuss about? 
I know. I think a lot of credit goes to Petit, doesn't he? I think that was when he was appointed manager. There was there's a lot of talk about him being a Bovista man, and and I think that's that's really really helped them. They've done a really good job. I really like some of the players, some of the work effort, the sort of the no nonsense, just doing getting the job done. Makuta, particularly in midfield, has been a player like that. I know you you've always talked about Kenji Gore as well. I think he's a prime example of a player just consistency, you know, working and 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 delivering. Uh, delivering results they lost big players like Gustavo Sauer in, in January but they've, they've still kept it up and of course we're going to be seeing Peter Musa at uh, Benfica I think next season so I think that, that you know he, he deserves that move he's been a fantastic striker for them yeah really interesting that one really interesting I, 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 I'm slightly tentative about that move I want him to succeed I don't want him to be the next Pinheiro, you know, I want him to go on and make an impact. So hopefully he will do that. Gustavo Sauer, as you mentioned, it was a shame to see him leave. Um, but I understand why they did it. Yanis Hamash as well, Barney, man. One of the best left-backs in this league for me. Great player who uh, is often overlooked. And yeah, I loved Kenji Gore. I thought he was arguably their best player or second best player for the last part of the season. He was fantastic. And, you know, similar to what I was saying just then about... Um, about Passos de Ferreira going into next season, I think the thing that Bovista can look forward to is consistency, stability. You know, they've got that now under Petit. They've got more players who are going to be on the books next season. I don't think they need to do anything crazy in the transfer market. If their aim is just to ensure survival, you know, obviously don't get complacent, but I think they've got a good squad there that will be able to do that. So, yeah, enjoy the summer, chill. And then with maybe one or two interesting signings, we could see them a little bit further up the table next season. I think that would be uh, my message to them, just consolidation, really. All right, well, we're getting down to the last few clubs. Only a couple left to talk about. And down near the bottom of the table, we have Port Timonens. Now, they really had a season of two halves because we were hyping them up this first half of the season for their success. Uh, They were nearly in the European places, but... The second half of their season has been really poor. So they've gone from fighting for the top six to almost being dragged into a relegation battle. They obviously stayed afloat at the end, but it was certainly a big downturn in form. I've decided though, Barney, I'm not going to hammer them. You know, I think it's too harsh to do that. I think they were massively overachieving to be anywhere near those European places with that squad. I think avoiding relegation was their only aim this season and they succeeded. So it's a job well done. And I think they just need to look at rebuilding a little bit for next season. I think, you know, I I will compare them to Gil Vicente because I remember uh, slightly a few weeks ago, I was describing the fact that, you know, when they beat Benfica at the lose, you know, that was a moment where they had all their players playing at the right time in, in good form. It was all working out so well. And then, you know, a couple of players leave. I, I always say it, but Bo Morsi is a huge loss for them. And there's players that sort of, I, I've only just sort of realised it's like Lucas Fernandes, one of their most promising attacking midfielders. You know, he, he moved to Brazil as well in, in February, in January. So there's, you know, there was, there was a, a real change in the team and, uh, and, and a sort of a reminder that they are still a, a very small club. Um, I think Paolo Sergio has done well. I think you're right to just keep them up and keep them out of the, out of the relegation scrap in the end. Um, there's just such an interesting team out because I do feel like there's always some exciting talent there, isn't there? And if I was to pick a player that I, I think to keep an eye on, I think uh, Felipe Rovas, the, um, the young centre-back who's played a number of positions with, I think, left-back, centre-defensive bid. I think since he's come in second half of the season, I've really liked the looks of him. So, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom for Portman. There's, 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 there's some excitement there. 
I'm glad to see you say that because to be honest, when I was thinking about Porto Menendez and when I was to this show, I, I was kind of filled with a little bit of trepidation. I do worry about them going into next season, you know, because I think they have to be so careful not to be complacent. I think they've so easily got sucked into a relegation battle that had they not had a phenomenal start to the season, could have been much more damaging. I think they really need to do some recruitment in the summer because, you know, hopefully they've got Wellington Junior now, who's a reliable goal scorer, because I think they really needed that after Beto left. I think they said, I think they could add some quality to the wings because I don't think they've got an outstanding winger at the moment. And it all depends on who goes. I just think, you know, I'm worried about them not signing enough players, not having enough quality in the squad. And, you know, they can't rely on having some freak start to the season and then just surviving in the last two days because if they have the kind of form that they had in the last three or four months over a whole season, they will be bang in trouble. I hope it's not the case, but I, I don't know. I, I, there is that trepidation for me in the back of my mind. They're, they're certainly going to be a, a, a club to keep an eye on. There's, there's, you know. They need to find the next Beto pretty sharpish, don't they? I think. Well, there are two more clubs, Barney. We're going to talk about the two clubs other than Estoril, who both were promoted to the top division, starting with Vizela, who finished in 14th place. Now, I would say it's been a fantastic first season in the Premier League for Vizela. Look, objective one for them, obtained survival, and they completed that with a couple of games to spare. Now, everything on top of that is a bonus. And while 14th place suggests that there weren't really many bonuses, I think the way that they represented themselves this season has been phenomenal. I think the manager has sent them out every week to play football in their own way. They've never compromised. The players have been fantastic. As a group of players, let's not forget that, have largely only played in the second and first division, plus one or two signings here or there uh, with first Premier League experience. So the fans have been top-notch. You know, this is one of the best fan bases in the league. They've backed their team home and away with good numbers. And I think they've been a credit to the Premier League this season. So I'm delighted they're going to be sticking around for at least another year. Yeah, I think you mentioned the players that have been sort of been with them for the in in the the league below as well, but how about they? If according to transfer market, they haven't spent a penny. You know they they've brought in a lot of free transfers. They've you know Alvaro Pache has really worked his magic and sort of assembling a squad and and just having a team who really fight for each other. I mean, uh, there's there's a number of players who have, have stood out for me. I, I think the 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 person who sort of embolizes this sort of the whole ethos of the team is Cassiano the, the striker the, the way they for one he's a fighter right he's, he, he looks like a he's, he just fights from the front but he's also got so much skill so much talent and I think that just sort of embolizes this team and what they've done this season I mean the, the, you know Kiko Bundoza Alex Mendes the, there's so many players Samu Samu as well in midfield or a player I always forget to give enough praise to yeah, just a uh, yeah, such a great story of Vizela this season. No, I totally agree. And I cannot end this section on Vizela without talking about Kiko Bondo. So I think he is my favourite player from this season, a player that's only ever played in the second division, the third division, the Campeonato de Portugal, even the district leagues, man. And he's performed at such a good level in the Premier League. He's shown so much quality. I think he symbolises Vizela for me, you know, this team that have come from the lower leagues and are playing great football and competing with the best. I think it's fantastic. I've loved their story. So glad they're sticking around. And yeah, I can't, I cannot praise them enough, really. And look, lastly, Barney, it does bring us quite nicely onto the last club, Aruka, who finished in the last safe place in 15th. They were the other team newly promoted to this league. And 
you know, we both tipped them to go down and fair enough, they've absolutely thrown that back in our faces. Now, it wasn't easy. I think they only survived with one uh, game week left. Um, but those last few weeks of the season, I had confidence in them and I thought they had enough to stay up. They proved it. I think, you know, they've done so well to stay up. They were arguably the weakest squad in the whole league. You know, they came up as the third best team from the Segunda Liga and they've proved all the doubters wrong and managed to stay up. Who knows what's going to happen next season? Who knows what's going to happen in the summer? But I think we just have to say a massive congratulations to that club and to the fans for a great achievement, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely huge for what they've done. And yeah, I think you know they've shown that there's there's a players I wanted to highlight, Albert, because I think that those big stories in, the, in that team are Andre Silva, the striker, who of course gave it that brilliant goal from the halfway line. Goal of the season. Um, yeah, I, I, so I think he's one to keep an eye on because he might get a move elsewhere. But also Albert Jao Basso, the centre-back. There's something about him I really, really like. He's 25 years old. He's not the youngest, but, you know, uh, he's captained that team several times this this season, and uh, yeah, I think he could he could be in for a move somewhere big. I think he's a he's he looks like a really good centre back. Yeah, definitely an evangelist to the manager. I'm really pleased they stuck with the same manager, same with Vizella. They've stuck with their managers. They've kind of kept their core identity together. They've kept with the team that got them promoted and believed in them, and they've both of those teams have delivered. So, a big congratulations to both those clubs. All right, well, if you stuck with us to the end of what was quite a marath season roundup, thank you very much. That was hard work, but we enjoyed doing it. We really wanted to give some time to every single club in the league because, as our listeners will know, that's what we try and do in this podcast. We try and dedicate time to every single club in this league. No club gets priority. Uh, and we think there's great stories to be found at every single club in every single position in the Premier League. Well, look, that brings us to the end of this episode, but it's not quite the end of the season for us. We've got a massive episode coming up next week. It is the Long Ball Football Awards Ceremony. This was such a popular show for us last season that we're back doing it again. We haven't quite finalised the categories, but you can be sure we're going to be crowning such accolades as player of the season, young player of the season, manager of the season, and me and Barney will be giving our best 11s from this season's Primera Liga. So make sure you join us for that next week. It's going to be a massive show for us. And we're really looking forward to sharing that with you in a week's time or so. But that we do have to leave it there for today. And as the season's come to an end, we want to reiterate what we said at the top of the show. Just a huge thank you, really, to everyone who's listened everyone who's interacted with us, you know, me and Barney do this for fun. This is our hobby. We love doing it and we do it because of the listeners, you know, you guys make it possible. We've done some great things this season. We've managed to watch games in Portugal. We've interviewed people. We've been guests on other shows and it's just been a fantastic year. So we really can't thank you enough. Just a couple of people I want to thank by name, of course, Tom Kunda, who's been such a huge supporter of ours and was kind enough to ask us to be part of the Portugal family. We're so proud of that. And, a massive thank you to Tom. Big thank you to Jamie Farr, to Jose from Especialist to Segunda. Big thank you to Zach Lowy, who had us on the Quartalinas. Uh, and just everyone who's been involved in the podcast this year. I'm waffling, Barney, so I'll let you take over. <laughs> oh, yeah, just, you know, it's such a, it's been such a pleasure to be part of the Portuguese football community. I think that's been the thing. A community I didn't necessarily know, know was there, but over the past two years, you know, there's been some amazing people um just welcome us in and it's it feels it's a real privilege to be here so yeah thank you everyone and thank you yeah so much for listening it means so much to us both absolutely well look we do end every show by asking for 
and a review on Apple Podcasts. I'll just say this. If you've listened to the show this season and you've enjoyed it at any point, if at any time you consider doing something like that, make it this episode because it would mean so much to us if you could go on your podcast app and rate us, leave us a review for an Apple podcast. You can leave us a star rating on Spotify. If you don't use those services, maybe consider just sending the show to a friend who you reckon might enjoy it. Anything like that will be a big boost to the show. As always, you know you can find us on Twitter at LongBallFootball. I'm always happy to get involved in any of your conversations, but it does just leave me to say... Thank you very much for listening once again and we'll see you next week. See you next week.